Hey there, Backyard Barwood listeners. Andrew here, and I just wanted to come on before this episode and apologize profusely that it has taken us so long to get a brand new episode out. Um, This is our audition advice part two that we promised you a long time ago, um, and I have plenty more that I am working on editing and getting posted as soon as possible. We feel like we've been letting you down, and I definitely want to remedy that as much as possible. So... Um, we're going to start recording on a regular basis. We're still kind of tweaking our schedule with that. And once we have it figured out, we will get them recorded and edited and posted hopefully weekly, but I'm going to say probably bi-weekly. And we hope you're going to stick around for that because we know we have listeners all over the place. Um, we can see in our analytics that come up where we have listeners and I am definitely super excited that we have listeners in other countries. Um, and you'll, you'll hear all about that at the end of this episode. Um, and before I send you into it, I want to apologize for the audio in this episode. It sucks horribly. I mean, you can still hear us, but it gets quiet at some points. It gets loud at some points. We're still working on getting a professional mic set up. Um, if anybody has any suggestions, shoot them my way. But um, we, we hope you stick with us through audio issues, technical difficulties, things like that, and even these hiatuses. Um, I know everybody's life has been super crazy and hectic these last, you know, three months, really. Um, but we we know that Backyard Broadway is more than just, you know, a fun thing for us to do. It's We're, we're all about the listeners. So with all that being said, I'm going to send you into this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, shoot your comments, questions, anything to our Facebook page or email. You can find all that on our Facebook page. So enjoy. Welcome to Backyard Broadway. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. I'm Kat. Oh, she's a cat this time. Yay! Yay! I'm annoyed. <laughs> Shocker! Shocker! Well, I do live with you. That's rude. That's rude. This Kit girl. for cat. Kit for cat? Yeah! <laughs> Y'all are so fucking funny! We try our best. So welcome to part two of our ed- audition advice series. Today it is for the director. Audition yes. advice for the director. Yes. We have notes about audition notices, and we have notes in general, because we've all been at an audition where... I learned the choreography, and I wasn't even auditioning. Truth. The directors were not professional, to say the least. Yes. Or just too green. Or too, too green. I, yeah. I've been to too many of those. Yeah. yeah. Where they Where I actually ended up not getting cast in the show, and then went to go see the show later and go... This is why. This yeah, yeah. but that's why we're doing this. Is because yeah. it is community theater. You're gonna get a lot of green directors or people not thinking they need to be super professional because it's just community theater and, and things like yeah. that. Where especially, it does count for something. Yes. Especially in our community where everybody knows everybody yes. and they can go into an audition and be like, "Oh, I know this director, so I can just do whatever." Yeah. Which we have seen so many times. Yeah. I'm even you know, guilty of that, mm-hmm. you know, walking into an audition being like, oh, I have a show tomorrow and I really need to save my voice. You know what I can do. So just put me wherever you want. And then I just sit on the back bench and don't actually audition and then end up with a lead role. That is so not going to help, dear. <laughs> no, God, no. No, no. But that's can why you we're giving. say arrogant? That's why we're giving well. this advice because directors should not be doing that sort of thing they should be like no if you're here to audition you need to audition and not give special treatment to people just because they know them 
So the first thing on our list is take a position in the auditorium or wherever you're auditioning where you can appropriately judge the actors. Standing right on the stage will not give you a proper vantage point to be able to fully see your vision within the actors auditioning. Well, that and volume range. Well, yeah, that too. It but helps I mean, to pick a, pl- a place in, in the audience that you can hear how they project, especially with some communities, they don't have access to mics, mics and those kind of sound systems. So it helps to know how loud they can be. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, when I just went to go see Zombie Prom recently at Clarksville, and it was actually pretty well done. I went in there very skeptically, like, this is going to be a terrible show because it was supposed to be a youth show. Yeah. And um, it was actually very well done, but I can guarantee you that if they had had more people come out for the part, this part in particular, plus if they had auditioned the person correctly, they would have realized that, yes, she is capable of many things, but uh, projection is not one of them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you she have... She was too quiet. You yeah. have an experience where the actor stood, or the director stood right on the stage while everybody auditioned mm-hmm. and had their big, huge pad of paper with people's names on them and marking them off at... That place where you audition the callback thing. The callback. Oh my god! No, yeah, she was right there. Yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. They were right at the foot of the stage with their big uh, map that they yeah. were going to use to build the stage up. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I just, they were her. They were co-directing, and they were right there on the foot of the stage. I could not believe it. Yeah, especially like, a space because you've been in there. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge space. You cannot, you cannot gauge the look of your actors. Their volume, which I'm sure there they have microphones. Right. I think they had right. microphones for Elf Jr. Mm-hmm. But even so, you know, from my own experience as a director at Clarksville, I always position myself at the back of the theater. Yeah, in the middle. And, and I always make the note that, hey, especially if the air conditioner or the heater is running mm-hmm. right there, if I can't hear you over this, the audience will not be able to hear you. I want to be able to hear you back here. Yeah, it's just one person auditioning. Right. When I was reviewing Zombie Prom, Zombie Prom, I made sure to get two different vantage points. I was in the very front row, and then I was in the very back row. Mm-hmm. Front row for, for Act 1, back row for Act 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and Act 1 was not terrible, because mm-hmm. I could hear them. But I, I could tell that she was still too quiet. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to the very back, and I was like, oh, my God. Right. Because Clarksville's so big, and it does not have great acoustics. No. Right. And there's... There is a literal dead spot on stage where if you're standing in that spot, your voice will not carry no matter how hard you try. Well, and that's kind of going back to knowing where your show is taking place. Because you, like the one that you're talking about with Elf Jr., that space, that space has an echo. Oh, yeah. Because of what it used to be. It's a converted church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it has, like, the really high ceilings. You know, the, it has kind of a curve to it. like, And it has carpet. And it has carpet and it has the pews. It has all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's one of those spaces, like, if you're not familiar, like, if you're a new director going into that space, you really want to kind of try different areas because if they don't have the mics, there's going to be an echo. There might be a reverb, whatever. So it's really important for yeah. that aspect to yeah. know your space. See, there's a reason that most theaters have carpeting in the flooring is because... Especially if they don't have acoustic panels throughout the facility, mm-hmm. is because that flooring is going to absorb those high notes that could practically shatter glass, but allow those low notes to kind of resonate off of that. What mm-hmm. theaters have you been to with carpet? Uh, the Palace, Mercury Ballroom, the Kentucky Center. She's talking Center. about like the more 
professional ones. At Not Oldham in, County. Well, yeah, but they're a converted church. They didn't. Little Colonel. Oh, that's a little tiny space, too. Really? Yeah. Are you going to make up an excuse for every yeah, single one? Yeah, I Because, like... Clarksville's the only one I've been in that does Clarksville, not have... Clarksville, Shelby County, Frankfurt. Shelby County has a coup. Okay, but Frankfurt... Here. Frankfurt was a... I don't count Frankfurt. <laughs> yeah. I don't count that you place. Like that I will never, ever go back there. I've that, never right. seen it. That so, place was... Well, because they don't have a set place. They rent a place, so they, it changes venues. They move venues. from school to school. So, they like, do school point theaters. being is that directors, if you don't KCD's work in just... Yes, they are. Uh, if you don't work in just one theater, like if you don't only work at Clarksville or only work at Little Colonel, you have to look, be aware of your surroundings. Yes. Clarksville doesn't have acoustic panels and they don't have carpeting. So any of those really high notes are going to bounce right off that floor and shatter people's eardrums. And also your bass notes are not... <laughs> your, so some other people we know not very well. Your bass notes are not going to be as soft and vibrant from mm-hmm. that. Unlike in places that have some kind of acoustic paneling or carpeting. So directors really need to know what they're working with, especially if they're doing musicals. Absolutely. You have to know the surroundings to be sure that the sound that you want to come across is the sound that is actually going to happen. I agree. So moving on from that, if you're looking for accents at an audition or for the show, period, try to post a link or a video so that the potential actors are able to prepare to the best of their ability. And that being said, the next five notes are all audition notice notes. Um, be sure to include in your audition notice that accents will be asked for at the audition. Even if they aren't required, make those auditionings, those auditioning aware that this is something needed for the production. Because if yes. you go into an audition and the director, you as a director are like, oh yes, I need British accents for this. And every person auditioning goes, you didn't ask for that in your audition notice. Mm-hmm. They're You're, not prepared. Yeah. You, you have <clears throat> actors that aren't prepared and... Yes, British is one of those that most everybody thinks they have. <laughs> I like how you said thinks they have. Because we've known some people that like, yeah, I could do British. And then we listen to them and we're like, what are you speaking? What are you speaking? like Australian? It's not even that. Australian, it's like, like this Irish. one particular person went from Irish to Scottish to yeah. a, like some like Asian dialect to yeah. well, when It was all over the place. And I was like, you are overthinking it like so hard. When Mamma Jane and I auditioned for Stop the World, because we were the only ones that auditioned. Right. No, you came and found me. (laughs) Yeah, I came and found you. When we auditioned, Ron included in there that accents were going to be needed and the male auditioning needed a Cockney accent. Yes, he was very specific. Very specific, which is why I prepared to sing Together Again from Young Frankenstein. Right. But we have been to auditions where all of a sudden... The director is like, oh, I need you to do this in a British accent or a French oh, yeah. accent and then the, or an the, Irish accent. The director <laughs> wastes people's time because if they don't feel comfortable doing the accent like moi at the time, I sat there and didn't audition and somebody else got the show. But Macrina auditioned so I wouldn't have gotten the part anyway. <laughs> Who got the show? But, uh, I mean, it was, it's one of those things, it's like, if I go to an audition and I have not given all the information, I feel like my time has been wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, especially if it's a well-known show and there have been productions of it where they kind of tweak it and they don't care about the accents, mm-hmm. which I've seen, you know, always make sure if you're doing a show like Dial in for Murder or Bloody Murder or what else has? Blythe. Blythe Spirit. That your actors are fully aware that they will need to at least be able to prepare an accent 
for the production. Yes. If you're not going to require it at the audition. But if you want it at the audition, it needs to be at your on your audition Well, and notice. I recommend you do have it for the audition. If you were going to have it in the show, yeah. have it at the audition because you have to make sure that even if they don't have it exactly right during the audition, you can see that the potential is there. Yes. Yeah. They need to be able... You, the director needs to be able to know that they're able to work with what the actor is bringing to the table. Exactly. Yeah. So, like I said, the next four notes are about audition notices. Mm-hmm. So if you're directing a musical, this is not an opinion. This is, like, widely no. used throughout. Yeah. Do not request a song from the show for mm-hmm. them for their audition. Because you're not going to be able to hear what they can do otherwise. Yes. And I've worked with, as a director, I've worked with people who had a broader range than what they were able to present at the audition. Mm -hmm. And when I was directing Drowsy M, Drowsy M, (laughs) Drowsy Chaperone, not dialing for her. When I was directing Drowsy Chaperone, I had a couple of people come in and they were like, oh, I'm just going to sing this from the show. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't ask for a song from the show. I asked for an up-tempo Broadway song. That's what I need to hear. Yes. And then they go, they pull from their repertoire, Mm -hmm. and they sing it, and I hear a much wider range than I would have heard with that song from the show. Right. And, I mean, that goes for monologues, too. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. You know, that's why I always request a monologue Mm -hmm. as a director, because you're going to see more from what somebody has brought in prepared than from a cold read. Yes. Um, and so speaking of monologues, be specific of what you're looking for. Yes. Comedic, dramatic, one minute, two minute. Yes. Shakespearean. Only if you're doing a Shakespearean show. Please. <laughs> there I, are very few dramatic straight plays out there that would require or be appropriate for a Shakespearean monologue. I'm sure there are a couple that are that dramatic. Those are like... Period pieces. But it, but it's, few and far between. Yeah, few and like, far yeah. between. Like period pieces. But even even so, those period pieces aren't written in iambic pentameter. Yes. Yeah, so and for somebody to get up there and recite, you know, but soft, but light through yonder window breaks, it is the east, Julia. Or the, the one sun. that I did from Twelfth Night. Or that one. You know, it's becomes, <laughs> can you do a little bit of No, time? I can't. It's all I gone. I just did the balcony. You can, come on. I Anyways. can't. It's all gone. <laughs> it's gone. It. There's a difference between getting up there and doing a speech that's written in modern prose as opposed to Elizabethan iambic pentameter. Right. And if I'm directing a show like Dial in for Murder or Laura, yes. I don't want to know that you can do iambic pentameter. I want to know that you can carry a dramatic monologue and make me feel something. Check. <laughs> She's going to hold that over my head till the day I die. Till the day I die. Yes, I am. Because I made you not even be able to write notes. <laughs> And you Make always fun of you on your paper. You always take notes. And I even am very proud of that because not only did I have you enthralled, I had your other two people helping you out enthralled as well. Yes. Which That's is Ron and who's who's El- Carol. And Carol. And w- when Ron moved to the edge of his seat watching your audition, I go, "Oh shit." Yeah. Like I I love I love him, but to ha- impress him with my monologue with his background was a very big moment for me. Yes. So, in your audition notice, where should important information go? Always at the top. Always, Always at the top. How often have we looked at an audition notice? And it's like in fine print at the bottom. And it's all it's the description of the show and then the audition notice. It should be reverse. It should be reverse. So, if you're 
if you've got a certain number of males and females and the ages of them, Mm -hmm. that's like first thing. That's like auditions for, you know, Laura. I need three females and five males. Four or five males. Four. 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 Well, five if you want someone else to be the cop. That's right. Um, And then put the age ranges in there. So I need one female age 25 to 35 and two females age 45 to 55. And the same with the males. That should be the very first thing that people see. Yes. So that they automatically see, oh, I don't fit this. I shouldn't audition. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you will still find those people though that will come out for yes. age inappropriate roles. Yes. Yes. And I always put like for the role of the extra little police officer. Yeah. I don't put an age range on that. I just put versatile yes. male slash female. Yeah. Because it could really be anybody. Because it could be either. Yeah. Because I've I've had situations where I've cast a female in one of those parts instead of a male when it called for a male in the script. Well, and for Laura, we had to because we didn't really have anyone. To fill that. Yeah. So we... But she... She came up with, like, her... Like, an ultra persona. Yes. It was hilarious. It was Mamaw Jane. It was Mamaw Jane. She got a mustache. She got so into it. She put this hat on. She got a little thing and gave her some pudge. Yeah. So she walked out in this trench coat. God, she was so into (laughs) it. Glasses. Yeah. And Alex, when he had to do it for her the first weekend... He didn't know what to do. He was just like, he just put on the glasses and he put on the mustache and the hat and the coat. And I'm like, she's got this little pudgy butt. Like, put that in there too. And no idea. No idea. He was just like, I just. I think it, we scared him away. We did. <laughs> I haven't heard or seen him since. I, seen him since. Um, I think we scared him away. <laughs> Considering so, I've never heard of him, I'm sure that's yeah, that true. If you want, I don't remember his last name. <laughs> I don't If either. you want a headshot or a resume, also top of the. And if it's not required, if you are requiring it top of top of the audition notice but if it's not required it can be one of the last things you list mm-hmm. you know please bring a headshot and resume if you, you know, have it if you have it yeah and that's like that's a lot of the scary part for people that are just getting into community theater it's like i don't have any of that yeah and so don't, don't. be like super rigid about it because these people are not coming out for a paying job like, I, as a director i'd prefer if you print me a yeah. selfie from facebook just so that they can remember you. So that I can yeah. say, hey, or sit there and friend me on Facebook right away so that I can say, okay, Zach Meisner, um, who was he? Pulled up. Okay, he didn't give me a headshot or resume. Is he on Facebook? Yes, there he is. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, she's got that board. <laughs> she's dragging it away. Um, get it, Sophie. So you then, get it. Then you need to put your song information and monologue information. If you are requiring a song, be very, very specific. Whether you want 16 bars, 32 bars, whether you want up-tempo or ballad. Because if somebody comes in for an up-tempo show, such as the Drowsy Chaperone, and she sings the entire four minutes of a ballad from a show that flopped on Broadway... What show is this? And you try to stop four t- stop her four times, and she continues to go. What the hell? When I directed Drowsy Chaperone, yeah, a certain person who thought she had the lead role in the bag, uh-huh. thought she had the lead role in the bag, decided she was just going to ignore my audition notice and sang a song from First Date that First Impressions yeah. is from. And it was a ballad, and yeah. it was like four minutes long. And I tried to stop her four times because I had twenty other people to audition. Oh my god! And it was an hour and a half away from here. Yeah. And she would not stop. She just kept going, 
if I had any other choice, she would not have been cast, period, end of story. But he didn't. I did not have any other choice. Um, well, did she get the lead role? She got the role she wanted, but that was because wanted, no one else came out. I didn't have out. any other choice. I didn't have any other Well, because I wasn't willing to and, drive out an hour yeah. and a half. I would have just been like, yeah, I'll find someone else. Yeah. I was um, not willing to drive that far. I wouldn't be either. So if you are having a dance audition or a movement audition, so often, so often that is at the bottom of an audition notice. Bring comfortable clothes for a movement audition or a dance audition. That needs to be up higher. That needs to be up higher. Yeah. But also note to anybody auditioning, read your whole audition notice. Don't stop in the middle. Three yeah. times. Multiple times. Do it multiple, multiple, times. multiple times. Yeah. Yes, bottom line, everything that's important should be at the top, but please read your whole audition notice. Because when you have your dance audition, same actress, and she's wearing a pencil skirt and an open blouse and can't really move, and I need her to show me she can do the splits, oh, well, I didn't wear the appropriate dress. It's on my audition notice. It's like the third thing listed that there was a movement audition. I'd have been like, sorry, boys, for what you're going to see. <laughs> Anybody got any scissors? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Go switch pants with your husband. He will be so comfortable in that skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if you listen to this. I'm sorry. Uh, I doubt they even just him. this. Just him. Uh, all right. So be organized before your audition. Oh, my God, y'all. You don't even know. <laughs> don't even know. Andrew has an audition box I when do. he directs. Like everything. He has this little see-through, like, plastic box that has pencils copies of the forms that need to be filled out, his audition scenes, copies of the audition notice. Like, he has folders to put out. Character descriptions. He has the monologues pulled out from people. He has a stapler. He has paper clips. He has folders to keep them in once he gets the resumes and headshots. He's anal retentive. (laughs) He has copies of the calendar with the rehearsal schedule in it so everyone can look over it and make sure that they can make it. Like for Backstage Secrets, you had the boards. You I made had the boards. poster boards yep. with them posted up there for people to see. Yeah, you did well, that, that one a... was, But that one was special because we had almost three months of rehearsals. Truth. You did that for children though. I did. I had the still calendar. up. Yeah. I used the same board, but I mean, that was only a two month rehearsal period. Yeah. Right. But, but I mean, like literally every, anything and everything like that people, like he had highlighters. descriptions, highlighters. Yeah. Everything that you could possibly need, he had. For On my, top of already having his computer with everything already in it. Yes. Like. And the for Christmas Bells, and it's the only one I've done it for because it was my first like official directing job because Dialing for Murder, I got by chance. Yeah. Um, but for Christmas Bells, when I printed the audition scenes, I printed, most of them were two people scenes. I think I had two of them that were three people scenes and it was the three sisters. Yeah. I printed off copies that had each part highlighted. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that that for your workshops. Well, yeah. Uh, Have we lost you? No, I'm looking something up. Okay. Um, so know what scenes you want to read. Yes. Always try to have a tentative rehearsal schedule. I've gone to so many auditions. They have nothing. You know, even as like a board member mm-hmm. to observe where there's no tentative rehearsal schedule. And when actors ask, uh, it'll be like three days a week, probably, you know, I'm thinking like Wednesday, Thursday, Sundays or Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And they don't know. And the actors are like. Well, we can't tell you if we can be at rehearsals or not. Yeah, which goes back to, for the actor, the first episode, if you haven't listened, listen to that one, jump back, listen to it. 
bring your list of conflicts all of them. from audition date to the day after closing. Including work. Including and even if work. they're tentative, like be like, yeah. I might be out of town for work this day, but it's not set yeah. in stone. Yeah. Any tentative possible conflicts, including work schedules, yes. need to be included. And have in your head or on a piece of paper, again, anal retentive over here, how you want the audition to run. Yes. Because if you go in there and you're like, well, I'll probably just start with cold reads and then do some monologues and then, you know, mix people up and do some more cold reads. Yeah. No, 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 no. You need to say, okay, I'm going to start with this and mm-hmm. then I'm going to go here and then I'm going to dismiss people and then I'm going to go back to this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always good to have a plan in set for how the audition should run, but also don't be so rigid with it because things are going to come up. You don't know how many people are going to be there. You don't know, you know, what type of people are going to come out. So you need to have some flexibility of like, okay, well, we were going to start with this, but since there's more people that are prepared for this part, let's go ahead and do the cold reads. And then (coughs) if you have monologues, we'll do the monologues, you know, things like that. For children, I required the monologue. Well, you also required it for Laura. Well, yeah. You required a monologue for children? Yeah. I lucked out. For children, I required a monologue because of James. Yes. And because of um, your mom, Mrs. I don't remember Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Shit. (laughs) Don't remember her name. Love you, Sharon. Honestly. But anyways. I don't even remember. I don't remember the mom's name. Oh, God. It's been so long. Um. But because of those two characters in particular that had so much going on. She eats her own poop. (laughs) (laughs) I needed to be able to see what these actors could do outside of a cold read. And how many people came with a monologue? Two children? Yeah. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you. I don't think. Two. Yeah. I was like, not very many. And none of them got cast. Neither of them got cast. (laughs) Because the people I ended up casting were people I knew, and I knew they were reliable. I knew I could, yeah, you know, and Zach was adamant, still questioning it about Wes, super adamant about Wes, but he was adamant about all four of them because of how well their hands worked when he did the signing audition with them. Yes. You know, and, you know, for a character like the lawyer mm-hmm. who didn't ever have to do sign language. Just a little bit. She fudged. She yeah. fudged, yeah. yeah. Oh, the how are you? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, I mean, Katie came in knowing some, and so that worked to her advantage, mm-hmm. and she read really well for it. She did. Very well. Um, and then Sharon, Zach was like, well, she's got older hands, but we can work with it. I said, well, she doesn't have that much. I said. No, and with her, the way her character. She got that one line right. Never. But for her character, though, it makes sense that yeah. she wouldn't be well-versed in the sign language anyway. And she, I think in the script, only has one line in sign language. I made it, like, an entire, like, page. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one who made it, like, an entire page. But anyways, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's, like, you may say a two-minute monologue is required, but if nobody shows up, you can't get upset about it because Mm -hmm. it's community theater. People aren't expecting to have to have a monologue. Yeah. You know, they're like, I'm just going to come in and do a cold read. It's community theater. Why do I need a monologue? Mm-hmm. The director asked for it. That's why you fucking need a monologue. Yeah. Anyways, so then if you do request a headshot or resume, bring staples or paper clips. Like he does. And it's not just for the actors to be able to put them together with the audition notice. It's for you, the director. <laughs> because I guarantee you in your craze and your panic, not panic, but... The, the stress of the casting process and the audition 
You're going to lose some shit. Things will get shuffled together. You're going to lose some shit. And you're going to look at... I'm not talking about your marbles. Yeah. You're going to look at Jane Doe's... If you're auditioning for him, you might. (laughs) You put all the papers... there. (laughs) You you shuffle all the papers together and you pull out Jane Doe's audition notice, but then you pull out, you know, John Doe's headshot because they were right next to each other and you're like, this doesn't match. What do I do? And that's why you need to have staples or paper clips. Don't... Ever be on time for your audition. Be early. Yes. Always be early. You be want early. Yeah, time. except when I'm early, you are still outside smoking with Zach. Yeah, you were 15 minutes early, though. That was early. <laughs> Not. This is for the director. Directors need to be oh, This is for early. the director. Directors need to be early so you have time to set up for mm-hmm. your audition. You should plan to be at your audition location one hour before the audition starts because, mm-hmm. one, we've given advice to actors to be there 30 minutes before their audition time starts. But a lot of actors live by that rule anyways because they know there's an audition form to fill out. They are, they yeah. know that they might be handed a scene and have time to look over it. Uh-huh. Or they want to run through their song or they want to run through their monologue, whatever the case may yeah. be. But, I mean, for the director, you want time to, you know, pull out your scenes for the cold read, look them over one more time, have those set out, have your audition forms that need to be filled out set out with the pencils that are in your audition box, Andrew. And... <laughs> You know, you, you want to have everything set out so that way it can run as smoothly as possible, especially also if you're doing a musical. You want time to talk up to your choreographer and your musical director yep. and make sure y'all are on the same page for that yep. and everything. So, And that, that goes, too, as the director, you need to set with your production team if you're doing a musical and say, I need you all here at X time. Yes. And if they say, oh, I can't be there at that time. It's non-negotiable. It's not a, oh, okay, well, we're, we'll do the choreography last, show up last. Or we'll do the songs last, show up when you can get there. Right. No, you need to let them know you're being, you know, in most cases being paid for this job. Yes. You need to be there when you need to be there. Yes. And I understand that people have day jobs and they can't just leave them. But that's why most auditions start at 7 o'clock at night. Most people are off work by 5. Mm-hmm. That type of situation. So in thinking about how you want your audition to run, think about the time. Do you want an open-ended run? Do you want a slot? Do you want, you know, Mm -hmm. because auditions begin at 7, tells people planning to audition that they need to be there by 7 to audition. Yes. And give them to an an opportunity to contact you if they're going to be late. Yes. But auditions are from 7 to 9, tells those planning to audition audition that they can show up any time between 7 and 9. Yeah. To audition. Which... For me personally, as an actor, even if the audition is a seven to nine, I'm going to be there probably at six fifty. Yeah. Six forty five. Yeah. I mean, I learned that after Christmas bells and Laura. Mm-hmm. You know, because I put seven to nine, and then had people who decided to show up at eight forty five. Eight forty five. Jesus. <laughs> and that being said, if you put an end time on your audition, that's what time you stay at the theater till. Yes. Do not leave before then, even if you. Are auditioning a show for 12 people, 14 people show up, you're done with auditions at 8.30, but your end time says 9 o'clock, don't leave till 9 o'clock. Yeah. Because if somebody shows up, they're probably not going to reach out. Yeah. Probably. I say probably. We've told the story. Yes. <laughs> they're probably not going to reach out and be like, hey, I'm at the theater, where are you? Yeah. And if you're already home or you're already at a restaurant and ordered food or whatever, you're not going to have that opportunity to run back and audition them and you're going to lose out on an actor. If you're working at a theater that pays your director, remember that just because you're getting paid doesn't mean the actors are. Actors are volunteers and should be appreciated as such. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the actors get to act like dickwads. No. No, they should still be professional. Yeah. 
So don't waste the actor's times, and if you plan on extending an audition past the published time, let them know and keep it as close to the original end time as possible. Mm -hmm. So if auditions are supposed to end at 9 o'clock and you've got, you know, 30 people auditioning... In a perfect world. In a perfect world. You know, let them know, hey, we're going to run a little bit late. I'm going to try to release people as I've seen enough and things like that. But plan on, like, 9.30. Yeah, because let me tell you, it's real boring to just sit there and not have anything to do. And not be able to leave when you yeah. need to leave. And that the, the being bored and not having anything to do, print off enough audition scenes. Like, expect. Expect a crowd. Yeah. Expect Always a crowd. have more than less. Yeah. Because, and I mean, you. I mean, if if it was more prepared, then I could have had a scene in front of me reading it over. Or, yeah. or even if they gave me, okay, I want you to do these two or three scenes. I want you to read these. Like, look these over while I, we're doing the other ones. Like, that yes. would have been fine. <laughs> so, with that being said, allow your actors plenty of time to read over those cold reading scenes. Yes. Um, and that way they can put their best audition forward. They're not fumbling over words and they can say, okay, well it reads like this, but maybe I want to try to read it like this and try to read it like that. And yes. they give you options in range, which yes. as a director, thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. Well, I mean, it's like we said on the last one, we've seen people come in like, you know, you've had a set, you have a set vision of how you want a part to be portrayed. But someone comes in with a very out-of-the-box way of doing it, and yep. it worked very well, it worked and it changed well. your mind. Yes. Or, I mean, we even had during Backstage Secrets. Yeah. That was a shock to me. <laughs> Just because I wrote the play and was like, yeah. oh, I could do it this way. I yeah. never thought of doing it this way before. Yeah. So, never judge someone who's auditioning based on their resume or their attitude. To an extent. To an extent. Let's, I mean, I, I mean, I would just be cautious with that. If someone comes in and they're just in a shitty mood, mm-hmm. you know, I would kind of pull them aside and be like, hey, is everything all right? You know, I don't want the way you're kind of acting now to reflect in your audition. You know, it, did you have a bad day at work? Like, what what's going on? You know, are you going to be able to put forth your best audition? Yeah. And that way you're not seeing someone, you know, who's being standoffish and cold and, like, well, if they're like this, you know, at an audition, they're going to be like that on stage. Yeah. Or they're going to be like that with their cast members. I don't want to cast somebody like that. Because that's also something really important for directors to see, too. It's not just how they play the part. It's how they get along with everybody. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we've all been there where there's always that one cast member that no one likes. That just causes problems. Just causes so much conflict. <laughs> Andrew just, like... <laughs> His blood vessels in his forehead. <sighs> um, I mean, we don't all, be that guy. No, we, don't be that, don't be that person. Because it, you know, we we've all seen it, and then it it just causes so much tension, and it's just not a good time for anyone. And as as a director, you then tend to focus notes and your anger towards that person. Yes. I mean, in my case, I was completely justified. Well, because a, a lot of the notes and things that you had for that person. Were meant for that person. Yeah. It wasn't you directing your anger specifically at them because of how they were acting yeah. uh, outside of being on stage. Yeah. It was because they wouldn't follow direction. Well, no, <laughs> and the then part. and yeah. then I'm talking about the most recent one mm-hmm. where it was his attitude on stage. Yeah, 
And I'm like, mm, mm. I did sit and take a lot of notes based on him, but he wasn't doing what I asked. Yes. If I saw his ass one more time, I swear <laughs> to God, I was going to rip a hole in the back of his pants. But you so did. So he wouldn't turn around. What? You did see, you did him, see him one more time. No, she but meant because he always out. had his back to no, the audience. No, if uh-huh. I saw his literal butt one more <laughs> fucking time, I was going to rip a hole in the back of his pants so that he wouldn't be inclined to turn around. Yeah. Uh, oh, but so, I mean, going back, I'm oh, sorry, I was yeah, just going to say, with that, because we're talking about following direction, that's kind of what your cold readings are for. Not just to see that, you know, how they play off of another person, but to see how well they can take direction from you. If I have one more actor in an audition tell me as the director, mm, but I don't see it that way. I didn't ask you if you saw it that way. I asked you to do it this way because that's what I want to see. Yeah. Don't go to work for somebody if you can't take instruction. Yeah, no. I understand that you're not getting paid, but you need to, if you, you applied and you auditioned for a volunteer position, you wanted this position, but just because you're not getting paid doesn't mean that you can't, that you're allowed to treat the director as any less than your boss. If you're not going to take direction, then you do not belong in that theater. Yes. End of story. Yep. You are not there to direct. You want to direct, apply for it next season. Hashtag side note, that also goes for your stage manager, stage manager and assistant directors. True. Just saying. I'm not bitter. So just because <sighs> you... bad sometimes. Just because you don't think someone is appropriate for a role doesn't mean that they do. Allow them to read. They may surprise you. Yes, very much so. You know, some people go into it and they're like, ooh, they need a female age 25 to 35. I'm pushing 40, but I kind of look 35. I'm going to try this anyways. And they get up there. They may surprise you. I'm not saying yeah. this person did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they they may surprise you and be like, okay, yeah, she may look, you know, closer to that older age I looked for or asked for, but she could work. Mm-hmm. You know, or if it's a gentleman who you've asked for ages, what did I ask for in Boeing, Boeing? Like 25 to 40? Yeah. And he's pushing 50. He could have worked in the role. Yeah. If I had somebody else to play against him in the same age range. Right. I just did. It would have actually been funnier if he had been older. Yeah. So just don't throw somebody out just because you look at them and you're like, that's not what I want for this role. Yeah. Give them the chance to change your mind. Yeah. You might end up with a chubby prince in Cinderella, but damn if he can't sing it and act it. <laughs> yeah, but he just can't wear the costume. Or you, get a, <laughs> or you get a fabulous twist to your own show that you weren't even this expecting. This is true. And audiences go. <gasps> yes, it was amazing. And then the other part comes out and they go. Oh. No, they were so grossed out. Oh, so grossed out. <laughs> Um, be prompt about your casting notices. If you give an estimated time at the audition, oh, I should have casting, you know, out by Wednesday or by Thursday or whatever. Have it out by Wednesday or Thursday. Or if you have to extend it, make that very clear as well on Facebook, however you want to do it. Shoot an email and say, hey. Just be like, I didn't have enough people come out or I had too many people come out and I need more time to make my decision, but it will be be out by X day. Yeah. You know? And this, I understand why some people don't do it, but this is community theater. People aren't, this isn't Broadway. This isn't regional. 
You know, this isn't one of those situations where it's like, if I don't hear anything, I'm done. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get cast. Always notify your actors. And it's not your stage manager's job. It's not your assistant director's job. It's not your producer's job. Yeah. Respect the fact that these actors came to audition for a show you're directing and return the courtesy by notifying them whether or not they were cast. Yeah. This doesn't mean posting a cast list on the theater's social media. Here's the other thing, too, with <clears throat> not communicating well with the people that have auditioned for you in that respect, you might have someone that you really wanted to cast for a part and you waited too long and didn't tell, like you said, you know, I will have it out by Wednesday or Thursday. They don't hear anything. They're going to assume they didn't get cast and yeah. they're going to accept a role in another show. And yep, then yep. you're shit out of luck. So that's another thing to keep in mind with your timelines. Yeah. I mean, if you can, and this is not always recommended just because there might be other people there that are involved, but, like, for my instance, when an, when a director has to put out a casting call for one last role that they can't fill, let if you've seen what you think you should see on stage and you want them, don't make them wait to be cast unless you really have to think it over. If you have decided then and there after seeing their audition that you want them in the role, let them know. Yeah. yeah right well, then. For, for Christmas Bells, the people who came the first night, I asked them to come back the second night. I said, are you yeah. I was going to say with what, what Kat just said, if it's a one night, like a one day of auditions, then yes, I agree. Like if you know for sure, like that's no, nothing else is going to change your mind. Yeah. Let them know. But if you have two nights, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. then no, I mean, this to, yeah. was like, he was looking for one more role to cast. Yeah. Well, actually one more hearing role, minor. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and he saw what he needed to see and he needed that part really badly. Yeah. Go ahead and let the person know. Yeah. yeah. And then you won't forget to let them know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and like I said, with Christmas Bells, the people that I knew I wanted to cast, I wanted them to come back the second night so that if somebody came back to audition for the same role, I could see them together. Yeah. And make my decision that way. And by the end of the second night of auditions, <clears throat> aside from the four people I called back, I was able to hand scripts to the seven other people and mm-hmm. say, I'll see you Saturday at the read through. <laughs> yeah. Which they all super appreciated. And then I was able to email the other people who came out for those roles that night and say, hey, thanks for your time. You know, appreciate you coming out. But I just, I can't utilize your talents for this production. Yes. Always be respectful yes. when you're telling yeah. them you were, they weren't cast. Don't make it sound like a hardcore rejection because you yeah. want them to be able to come out for something else. Because even though they may not have been what you were looking for for that show, they might be the only thing that you can find for another one. Yeah. So this goes back to part one and networking. Yes. If another director offers insight on people auditioning for your show, listen to them. Yes. This is not gossip. They're trying to save you a headache. Yes. A major headache. You know, I've had people come to me and say, okay, so this person auditioned for me. They were okay, and I may have to use them. Like, what do you think about them? And I'm flat out honest, and I'm like, they don't take direction. They are constantly late to rehearsals, things like that. You know, I'm trying to save you a headache. I'm not spreading salacious rumors about, you know, Or it could be the opposite. They'll tell you that they're great to work with. Mm -hmm. You know, that you'd be lucky to have them in your cast, whatever. Or if the roles are reversed and you're looking for somebody, go to other directors and say, hey, is there anybody that you can point in my direction for this part? Yeah. And if, if the instance comes up where you don't have enough talent come out, you do need to shoot an email to everyone who auditioned to say, hey, didn't have enough people come out. Looking for people to fill these roles. If you know anybody, shoot it my way. If not, I'm planning on having another audition on X day. You're more than welcome to come. 
Uh, but if not, I will try to have the cast list by this date. Mm-hmm. Well, that way you're notifying them of an extension of casting and that there were certain roles that weren't available. Yes. Now, if it's a role that somebody did audition for, don't send them that email. No. Because <laughs> then it's just like, but wait, I auditioned for that. Why am I not right for that role? Yeah. And then you have to deal with that headache. Yes. Um, if you're going to have a callback, make sure there's a purpose behind it. Do not call people back that you know aren't going to be cast. Certainly don't call back everyone who auditioned. If you have two nights of auditions, it's okay to ask people to come back a second night, but don't call everyone back just so you can see everyone together again. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and Four hour callback. Kat has told this story time and time again. You do not, a callback is not intended to be a second audition. If uh-huh. you need a second audition, you send an email to everyone, say, say I need to have another audition. I'm going to have new scenes. Da, 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 da. I need to hear this yes. night or this night. Which also kind of goes back to if, you know, with your auditions and you're able to let certain people go early, whether it's, you know, you're going to cast them or you're not going to use them. And you want to have, that way you can kind of pull the people aside and be like, hey, I'm going to do a callback. Can you come back this day? Yeah. And not like in front of a bunch of people that you know you're not going to cast. Be like, hey, you, 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 and you, come back for a callback. Everyone else, thank you for your time. And also in community theater, what some people need to understand is that callbacks are not necessarily just for the people that the director feels as though that they're going to get cast. Sometimes directors use a callback so that they can see more material from that from a person that they were kind of unsure about. Yes. Um, at a different time to see if things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest, in community theater, if a callback is used, people get excited when they're called back. They do. Because they're like, oh, they saw something at me. I'm getting called back. Yeah. Don't always assume. No. Guys. Don't, don't, you know, and that's get excited about it, yes. That because the director saw something or didn't see something. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, the fact that they want to see more is what you should yes. be really honing in on. Yes. Be like, okay, yes, they want to see more of something. So let's yeah. work on this. And always, if you have a couple days in between your callbacks, fine-tune your technique. Yep. Mm-hmm. Take that time to read over the materials that the director handed you. If they allow you to keep them, read over them. I know in the past I've sent out the audition scenes to be like, hey, read over this. I will have hard copies at the theater. Do not, you do not need to print it off and bring it. And honestly, that is always a really good technique for any director because honestly, a cold read is, yes, it's utilized heavily in community theater, but you don't always get what you should from people, especially those who don't read, uh, you know, well, impromptu well. This is why I hate cold reads, because if I had only had, like, I was going to say, are you, are you speaking from experience, I Kat? hate cold reads. <laughs> if you are even, if I was even able to look over the material for an hour, mm-hmm. I'd at least know what it was going to say. And see, the thing is, is that directors feel as though that they're losing people to that, you know, to allowing them to review the materials. That's not true at all, because they're going to be able to review their script for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks before opening night. So they are practicing regardless. How Let long did you have the Laura script for the actual audition? I couldn't even tell you. Several months. Not several. <laughs> it wasn't several months. I gave it to you right after I was told I was directing it. You gave it back to me because I needed to start planning. Yes. And then you I gave, gave it to me to read. So I, I read gave it, it to you again like a month before the audition to read yeah. it again. And then well, when the, I cast the Laura you, audition. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I cast you. I kept it. And I didn't it, even look at it until And didn't look at nope, it when I it. told her to. Didn't even touch it. <clears throat> and if you can get your hands on a copy of the script, if a director doesn't send out what, what they could, 
try and like at least skim over it. You'll feel so much more prepared yeah. and you won't be nearly as nervous on stage. And in my defense, I still rocked it. You so still rocked it, but fuck off. All right. Asking someone to audition <laughs> is not the same thing as pre-casting. Make sure the person you're asking to audition is aware of this. Yes. Do not, do not promise a role or indicate that you're going to cast someone no. unless you are prepared for that backlash. Oh, my God. Theater is a small community and people talk. This goes both ways, too. Directors should never pre-cast unless they absolutely have to. And even with, like, Laura, you didn't pre-cast anything. No. You had a separate audition that needed to be earlier because of the portrait. People made their own assumptions that he precasted me in that role. Because it was her. Because it was me. That is not what happened. Because I am that person that will tell him over and over again, I will audition for your show, but if someone better comes along, you have to cast them. And when I got called out on that, I brought both Ron and Carol to the theater, and I said, talk to them. They cast her, not me. Yep. And, I mean, you asked somebody to come out for Blythe Spirit after she was in Children. You had told her that this no, was... No, for a, disaster. No, 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 no. I didn't direct that. No, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Boeing, Boeing. Oh, yeah, My yeah. apologies. And um, said, this might be a good role for you. You should come out and audition. She came out and audition and had also had another audition for a musical a couple nights prior. Mm-hmm. And comes to me knowing I'm the stage manager and also was her friend at the time. Yeah. And said, so I might be getting this role in the show, but if he gives me this role, I'll take it. And I was like... Um, that is so not how this is working. Like, she was trying to bribe me to get him to give her the part. I immediately put her audition form at the bottom of the pile. She would be, honestly, in my opinion, she should be blacklisted from his shows. And even, even when I was hoping to direct Disaster Mm -hmm. and told her that there was a part in it that would be perfect for her, that she had the right body type, that she had the right voice for it. I said, I would really love for you to come audition for this role. She assumed that she was going to have this role. Right. And, I mean, kept talking about it. Yeah. Like it was hers. Never yeah. do that. No, never. And always pay, directors pay attention to how you word stuff. Actors never assume. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are going to precast, which there are instances in which it is okay to precast. Ha- sometimes you just have to. Yeah, you have yeah. no other option. Make sure this is something that you indicate in your audition notice. Don't lead actors along thinking that all roles are available if they are not. With Backstage Secrets, I made it perfectly clear in my audition notice what I was looking for. I did yes. not put that I was looking for a female age 50 to 60. Yeah. Because the part was already taken. Yes. And when people asked if there's anything for older females, I said it was one part and I've already cast it. It's somebody who's been with this show since the beginning. Very true. The person who spearheaded this thing yep. not even speaking about it. not speaking about the financing no, she's yeah. the one who read it and came to me and said you need to put this on stage it had nothing to do with the fact that no. she was producing None. it and she even told me she was like if you want to cast somebody else mm-hmm. and I'm like but I don't no. like you are you've read this at both readings and you are Peggy yeah and she Peggy. was <laughs> she was perfect for that part I mean, there are those, like, select few roles. Like, I've always thought, you know, for, especially in our community, if any community theater was put, if it was ever available, were to put on kinky boots, you would have to narrow in and hone in on a very specific small 1% of people for Lola. That would be something, honestly, in our community. I'm not included in that. No, no, you're not. Um, As much as I want to play it, Lola. (laughs) 
in our community, you would have to hunt for that person and you may only find one. I don't think you'd have to hunt for it. I think if you're doing kinky boots and you put that audition notice out there, you're going to have, I would, I would venture to say 10, 10 Lola's come audition. You're very, very bold in that number. It's not, one, it's not a show that's been done here regionally or or, or community wise. No, not, not at all. And we do have a large we do. drag population. That's true. Yeah. And so if I were to put out this audition notice, hey, we're doing kinky boots. I need one African-American actor this age range who is also comfortable performing in drag, heels and all. And then five actors who are comfortable performing in drag. Mm-hmm. But the thing with kinky boots <laughs> is that you need those five actors to be able to get in and out of that quickly because you are going to need them in the ensemble. Which is totally yeah. fine, but I mean, I think that you're incorrect in your assumption that just because we have a large drag population that you could find a black man who's willing to dress in drag and who is comfortable doing drag and who has experience doing drag who can also sing the part. Well, I'm not, I'm not including just drag performers in that number. Yeah, I'm including other actors yeah. who... You know, once they have seen this role, they're like, I want to do this. They're going to come out for it as well. Yeah. that That's what I'm saying is. It's just, it's have, all about your wording. Yeah. You may have three or four drag performers come out for Lola, but I think the majority of what you're going to have is African-American actors in the area who are confident that they are able to do it and are going to come out and audition. I still think it's a very, very select few. So regardless, there are those roles out there that you're just, it's such a small percentage of people that you're not going to be able to find very easily that you might have to hunt for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Audrey in Little Shop or um, Adelaide in Guys and Dolls or uh, Kitty in Drowsy Chaperone. Mm -hmm. That voice is very specific. specific. And if you can't... Kitty! If you can't pull it off convincingly, as Abby just did... Kitty! That's creepy. It's... You're going to be... You're going to be put... In another pile because the voice is very indicative of the role. Yes. You got to have it. So when casting. Yes. Remember me for future. When casting, make your best judgment in order to get the best show. If you're unsure about one actor, but have faith in another one for the same role, use the one you have faith in. Mm -hmm. I've always said that I will use an actor that I know is reliable and steady. And, you know, even if it's somebody I've worked with a dozen times over a new person. But if I have somebody that comes out and it's between two people for a role and I know they're not reliable, I know that they are very wishy-washy and learning lines, but I have a brand new green person who's never been on stage before. I'm going to go with the brand new green person who's yeah. never been on stage before. Yep. Cause they're there to audition because they want to learn. Yes. And they're going to take direction and they're going to listen and they're going to, well, you, know, you hope, you hope, <laughs> you hope, you hope, they, I, can, they can be green and just not take direction at all. And then that's when you tell them, maybe this is not for you. Yeah. So the final note I have on here, you're the boss. Act like it. There should be a professionalism to your behavior from the time you begin the audition until closing night. You can be friends with your actors and uh, yeah. goof off and have fun. Yeah. But when it comes down to getting shit done, that yeah, you got to put on your big girl panties and you got to say, hey, the joking time is over. Yeah. Because I am always that director who's like, rehearsal starts at 7 o'clock. Yes. You are here on stage ready to go at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now, 
people get there at 645 and we're shooting the breeze and chit-chatting and, you know, stepping yeah. outside or whatever. And it's like, oh, crap, it's 705. Let's go. But everybody's ready at 705. Yeah. And they're glaring at me because we didn't start at 7 o'clock. <laughs> but we are still out of there at 9. Yes. Still yes, out we of there. Are. Because I give off this air of professionalism that's like, you know, my rehearsals are from 7 to 9. Mm-hmm. And then the closer we get to Tech Week, 7 to 9.30. Mm-hmm. Tech Week, 7 to 11. Like, you're out of there before 11 most yes. times. But, but to be prepared to stay. Be prepared. Yeah. I make sure you know, you know, this is the time you're leaving today. And there have been instances where it's been like... Okay, well, I didn't really get to work with so-and-so so much today. I wonder if they're willing to stay. So during a break, hey, are you willing to hang out for 10 minutes afterwards? Yeah. And run this scene really, really quickly. Yep. You know, and it's not that I'm leaving them sitting for three hours during a rehearsal and then like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to use you. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't, if a director doesn't have to call on somebody because they're not needed that evening, don't make them come out just to sit and That goes back to the whole being organized and having your rehearsal schedule already set. Yeah. I mean, not set, but... Yeah. In place. Because, I mean, with, with Andrew's rehearsal schedules, he doesn't have just, like, these days at these times. He has on there, we're doing these scenes this day, and then closer this is tech. Who's called. This, this is, is who needs, needs to be there. there, who doesn't. He has, when we get kind of closer, he has off book dates on there. He yeah. has on there when we're going to do all of Act 1 and then all of Act 2, when we're going to start running the whole show, when we need to have costumes ready, when we're going to actually start performing costumes, yeah. maybe not with makeup. Like, he has all of that on there. You want that information on there for your actors so that they aren't caught off guard. Like Even if you don't have a tentative rehearsal schedule for your actors at the audition, the three dates you need to have in there is your first read-through and the two off-book dates. Yes. Because the actors that are auditioning need to understand that for some shows, you need to be off-book in two and a half weeks, not four weeks. Yeah. Because of physicality, because of things like that. That is... Because you... There are certain things that you can't do with a script in your hand. Yeah, so you need to be able to, you know, and that that goes back to backstage secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had, you know, twelve weeks of rehearsals. Yes, but they were required to be off book after four weeks. Yeah, because we had the whole finale that had to be choreographed. We had different scenes that had a lot of physicality that needed to mm-hmm. be choreographed, and they couldn't do it with books in their hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I am the luckiest person in the world that. 98% of my cast <laughs> was off book by those dates. Yes. Yes, we still ran rehearsals where it was like, okay, we've done this as much as we can off book. Go grab your books. Let's run it again. Yeah. And then the next time we did it, completely off book. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, still with line calling, but it wasn't as bad as it was. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was rough. But then you sometimes get those actors. You sometimes get those actors. Yeah, she is, Yeah. Yeah, and even with and we children. Had high, and we had high hopes for her, too. That yeah. was a very different circumstance, though. Children was a very different circumstance, but However. in my defense, the one person who was not off book that should have been had his script three weeks longer than you did. Four weeks longer yes, than you did. Yes, he did. And, I mean, you even offered me the podium, and I still didn't. I would walk away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I couldn't carry the fucking podium, so I was like, I spent day and night looking over that damn script because I knew I needed to move my hands. Mm -hmm. But my lines had to be going on in my head. It was a very lonely time for her boyfriend. (laughs) I mean, from the first night I had the script in my hand, I was looking over lines. Oh, yeah. Granted, I didn't end up using those lines. But after I knew what part I was playing officially... He would text me, and this was before we were dating, and going, yeah. are you looking over the script this late? No. 
No, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Go when to I, bed. When I'm getting texts, and I'm like, she's looking over the script. She's she's. Yep. But my, you know, in the case of Children of the Lesser God, as a director, you have four hearing roles. Yep. And three hard of hearing or deaf roles. I cast the hearing roles a month before we had auditions for the deaf roles. Yes. And I asked every hearing role person, those four people, mm-hmm. to be off book before Thanksgiving. Yes. Because it would make it easier for the deaf or hard of hearing actors because we were also learning conversational sign language so that the deaf or hard of hearing actors wouldn't feel left out. Yeah. That was with the assumption that you With the assumption that we were going them. to right. get them. Right. But I guess when we didn't get them, my actors were like, well, we'll just have the same off book as everybody else. Oh. But they still weren't off book. Except for Michael and Sharon. Yeah. And uh, even Patrick was off book. He, he came, came in late. three weeks after. And he was two, off what, book. Two weeks after you? Yeah. Yeah. And he was off book by the off book dates. Yep. I told and you he's up a front. Hard professional too. Yeah, I mm-hmm. told Cat up front, and I told our James up front. You know, you have until this date, but you have to be off book by this date. And it was an extension of everybody else's off book date. But it's because they had eighty six percent of the show between them. Yes. Well, I mean, really, ninety percent of the show. And Cat had to learn both parts. Cat had to learn a whole new language. And so, I mean, so did James, but he got to speak, though, which was he so to, much easier. Yeah. Yours you had to learn in a completely different language <sighs> and, and know speak. his for your cues. I couldn't she, even move my mouth. That was so hard. She couldn't speak. She could not react to what was being said around her. I had to whole, learn whole different, man, totally different mannerisms. I'm pretty sure it only took two weeks. For, for two weeks, I gave you reaction. that note, don't react. Don't react. Yeah. Don't react. And then it was like, I didn't have that issue. And then we figured out that I dominantly signed for my left hand, and which was always upstage, which was never good. That was that was always miserable. Actually, we ended up switching. You ended, up, ended switching up switching us yeah. a couple times so that my left arm would be downstage. But I mean, that whole situation, it yeah, it should have never happened because if I could be off book for the entire uh, for almost everything, almost everything except for the signed monologues, he, James should have been able to be off book. Granted, he ended up doing a phenomenal job. He did. Like, in the clutch, though, man. Yeah. It was, it was, it was it, down to the wire. I'm going to go ahead and tell a story, and if he listens, you know, still understand that I do have respect for you and I will work with you again, but it was the Tuesday of Tech Week. We had an audience two nights later, mm-hmm. and we got through 10 minutes of the show, and he was calling line consistently. I mean, I was trying to like mark where he needed to, you know, you work on it, and I couldn't, and couldn't keep, keep up. Track. And, and I so think there was something wrong with that night because he had never been that bad in a no. while. Yeah. But he was still calling line up until that point, and he shouldn't have been. Yeah. And I made the decision in a split second to stop rehearsal, send everyone else home except for Cat and this actor. And I had them run their scenes for two and a half hours. And he never mm-hmm. left the stage. And I mean, never, never left, the stage. left the stage. Nope. Not and when all. he did, it was to run around the back and come in another entrance. I yep. mean, he ran that show. Yeah. Yeah. I even had the luxury of being off stage for a few moments at a time. Mm-hmm. Like his costume changes usually happened on stage. Yep. There was one that happened off stage and it was while he was running around. Yeah. Yep. But it, you no, know. I mean, he did a phenomenal job. Being it on just, stage that long. I whew. feel like it took... The realization of the audience being there in two days, yeah, for him to be like, "Oh 
fuck. And, and sometimes and for actors, it just takes that. What and, I ended up doing for that rehearsal is you and I went to the green room. Yeah. And Zach stayed out with you all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, two and a half hours, I said, we're not leaving here until 1030. Yep. We are not leaving here until 1030. I said, if you all want to work later than that, I'm good with that as My well. My arms were cramping the next day. <laughs> it was so much. Because Zach just kept saying, do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Do Which, it. I, I mean, like, that's... What? Mad props for Zach for I'm stepping so up in that yeah. instance. Yeah. My Be- arms hurt so bad. I was like, Zach, you do the part! Because <laughs> Zach did step up, especially in those last couple of weeks yeah. where he realized he had faulted. And, you know, he was even where he was working with Kat almost six hours a day at the theater. Yep. He was working with Jane, the James at least two to three hours outside I mean, of rehearsals. Wasn't it that Wednesday, that Tuesday or Wednesday night? The guy that played James went over to Zach's apartment. Spent the night at Zach's. And they worked through the night. Yeah. And... Get his hands to move the right way. Yeah. From Tuesday night to Wednesday night, Wednesday night we were ready for an audience. Yeah. It was day and night. And I shit you not, I pissed my pants in the light booth and was like, oh my God, what the hell happened? Yeah. What the hell happened? And it was Sharon who came to me and goes, you did what you had to do as a director. You made the best decision for this show last night, mm-hmm. sending the rest of us home. And, you know, got me a little teary eye, and I'm like getting choked up thinking about it now because I love that show so much and I loved the cast that I had and the show we put together. Yes. And even thinking about the moment where you screamed, she screamed on stage. Yeah, or that she would screamed. bring me to tears every single time. I mean, night. it was. Amazing. <clears throat> you know, sometimes. It was such a good show. Sometimes as a director, and we're getting past the audition portion of it now as a director you have to make some really hard choices yeah yeah I've, I've seen a few of your difficult choices yeah and you know this goes back to the you're you're the boss thing you know it <clears throat> you have to make those decisions and you have to stand by them and if you have to get support from your stage manager your assistant director your board whatever the case may be your other the other cast members the other cast members because i mean even during you know Backstage Secrets, you know, when I and had Laura. to make that decision. Yeah. And, Laura. and Laura, when we had an actor who left the production two weeks before tech, you know, and I had to step in. It was one of those things where it's like I had to go to the board and say this happened. I can't find anybody because there were like eight other shows in the area going on. One of them was 1776, which is all men. Yeah. 28 men were no already in a show. I said, I have to step in. I have no choice. And they kept trying to send me different people. And I'm like, they don't fit the the part. They're going to look off. And I don't trust that they can learn these lines. Yeah. I said, I've been with this for the last six weeks. I know the lines. I just don't know them in order. Mm-hmm. Which is why he had a little notebook. <laughs> I played a detective. So it was. It fitting. worked. It was and it also helped when I like skipped. For yes. And didn't even realize it. <laughs> But it's, you know, and I encourage every director out there, if there's a show you're passionate about, fight for it. Fight for your theater to do it. Because it will be the best experience, while it may be the worst. Yeah. But it will be the best experience of your life. Yeah. And you will look back on it fondly, not thinking about the terrible time when your actress threatened to quit during tech week or you know, screamed and yelled that she couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Or with Backstage Secrets where you had to make the, well, like with Backstage Secrets though, think about it. With Backstage Secrets, you know, you had to make a really difficult decision 
of letting an actor go already passed the off book date. And she refused to learn it. She wouldn't learn it. And, and she, said that she had so much other stuff going on in her life that she couldn't be devoted just to the show. And, it and was you ridiculous. know how I am. Like you see me at the theater, you know how I try and keep a cool head. I threw my script at her. Yeah. And I almost hit Howard and I'm so sorry. I swear to God, I was not <laughs> aiming at you. And this, this actress told me that it was ridiculous for me to expect them to be off book at this point in time. And mind you, this was act one and she had one scene. Yeah. And she wasn't even and off it was book for it. Two minutes. It was not that big a, a scene. Two minutes. If it makes you feel any better, I have one line in my upcoming show and I still don't know it. <laughs> but I kinda know it. But you had to make a really I hard had to choice. Make, and then when I tried to find someone else, it wasn't happening. And Jordan kept stepping in during rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And that's when Cindy looked at me and you looked at me and I'm like, Hey Jordan. Jordan, you want to do a show? Hashtag I know. Congratulations on your baby. He's so cute. Yes, so adorable. I love Elias him. I want I want in the future, I'm putting this out there. If any of my backstage secrets actors are listening to this, I want to do a special episode where we just sit and talk about backstage secrets. Yes. Oh my God. That'd be I amazing. Be. <laughs> oh, but you have to. You have I to. Won't be you might hear some stories that you're like, what? Oh my God. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to sum it all up there. Yeah. You know, it, as a director, it's your choice to make or break the show. Yep. I mean, we could tell you a story about a set of directors who ran their audition like a party. Or not at all. Or not at all. But that's really not what this is about. episode is about. It's no. about you putting forth the best audition to put forth the best show. Absolutely. And if you follow even two of these tips you're going to see an improvement. Yeah. Well, and it's not, and the thing with what we've kind of put forward as far as auditions go, these tips and these um, things that you guys have heard translate not just for the auditions, but into when you're running your show, Mm -hmm. staying organized, having things, you know, making sure your actor communicating well with your actors, making those hard decisions, showing up to your first rehearsal with a folder for every single actor that has the rehearsal schedule, the calendar, the contact sheet, the costume plot, the yep. scene breakdown, yep. the Everything. rehearsal. And yeah. we will go over rehearsal etiquette at a later time because I can't stress enough, guys, don't forget your pencil and don't write in your script in pen. That's mm-hmm. why Andrew has his box of extra pencils in them. Sure do. Sure do. There's so always a box of pencil That will the come And it has an extra script time. in it also. Yeah. We will do a rehearsal etiquette episode at a later time. Mm-hmm. and It'll probably be a two-parter. One for yeah. the actor, one for the yeah. director, like yeah. this one. So, I know because I... It will not be a consistent thing. <laughs> I have heard from people on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter that we have listeners out there. Yeah. We have listeners in Vegas. In Vegas. We have listeners in other countries. We do. But what? I mean, honestly, because Andrew, it was the guy, the people in Vegas said it's like a classroom full of people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, honestly, um, I don't know how old you guys are. Not appropriate for high school students. No, not at all. I'm afraid it's not. But if you all are listening to this episode, we do appreciate you guys listening. And just don't tell mom and dad. (laughs) So We can do it that way. Yep, absolutely. And also, see, if we get more followers, just spread the word, guys. Honestly, if we have listeners in other countries... Also, comment where you're from. We want to give you all props and thank yeah. you all properly. If you are listening to us in England and you want us to do an episode all about the Back to the Future musical, 
let us know. Yeah, please give us, you know. Yes. Because I really do want to do an episode of that. (laughs) Give Andrew that inch that he needs. Give us ideas. Give us what you want to hear because this is. What the fuck? <laughs> um, sorry, guys. My dad's calling. Uh, this is uh, this show is for you all. This is not yeah. for us. Like we do this as a good fun anecdote, and this actually started by Abby and Andrew just what as what? something fun that what they what? did. Um, by the way, might I mention <laughs> it was my idea to publish? Just so we're clear. Um, anyway, she just ASMR'd that. Like, <laughs> um, but if we can get more, <laughs> right? If we can get more subscribers, more people to leave us rates and give us reviews. We will start specifically going out of our way to see shows that are coming to town and uh, and get things to do giveaways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are listening in other countries Hello. and you want us to do <laughs> and you yes. want us to do episodes about theater in your I'm area recording. in London or in Australia okay. or whatever, send okay. us some ideas. Yeah, please. And if you do not listen to us on Apple we will extend the you did. Uh, um, no, actually, I think you're using giveaways mine. Yeah. to Instagram as long as you screenshot the review you've posted Mom on whatever medium you listen to us on yeah. and send it to I'll us in a private message Yeah. on our Instagram, mm-hmm. which is you, you at Backyard sure B-Way. <laughs> like how you had to think about it for a I second. I think. Because you haven't really said it I think. very often. We will post all of our social media in our Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like us on Facebook. Please. We're getting a few more likes here and there. Like us on Facebook. Please. Sorry, guys. My dad was calling. He's not. He's locked out of Netflix. Okay. <laughs> Where'd the Russian come from? I don't know. Peel locked off. Out. Peel off. Locked Peel out of Netflix. Whoa. Shout out to Peel Off. You're my favorite, <laughs> Resist the urge to highlight whole face. Oh, and also, if you guys know anybody who, like, I mean, this is going to sound super, like, superficial but it's okay if you guys know anybody who is a youtuber who is a podcaster send them our link because there are a lot of podcasts out there that we really look up to um hometown uh, small town murders my favorite murder i mean crime junkie do you see a theme a little bit because they have nothing to do with what our podcast is about um, um why won't you date me there we go there's one Broadwasted. why won't you date me that. yeah there's one why won't you date me why won't you date me why won't you date me please <laughs> i love you nicole Byers. oh she's fantastic but anyway send them our links because we do, you know this industry is important it is important to make connections um, a lot of which, just because of the area we're in, we don't have. Yeah. Um, and we would we love to give shout outs to our favorite podcasts, but if they know that we're doing that, we would love it to be a you know a little bit of help on a PR end. Um, we're more than willing to do commercials for other podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the the radio episode of Miss Fisher just popped in my head when she sings the yeah. the commercial song. Yeah. <laughs> so with all that being said, we just gave you a whole lot of information in like seven minutes time. It's fine. <laughs> we'll do it again next time. We will. Yeah, we will continue to talk about our giveaway and things like that to pump you all up for year two of Backyard Broadway. Wh- and what? Which is going to be more consistent. It will be much well, more consistent. You have... Think. We hope, maybe. We hope. It's kind of a thing. It's kind of, kind of a thing. It's <laughs> going to become more consistent. Don't worry. We Especially hope. when we're summer sh- comes along and we record multiple episodes a night. That'll be so much better than what we're doing now. Yes. I'm and so we have excited. Them in, in, in the bank. I've got four of them in the bank right now. The yeah. goal for the end of the summer is to have more appropriate uh, microphone setups. Well. Because, I mean, <laughs> let's, let's face it. This is not cutting it, guys. <laughs> 
That's only if you go like our Patreon. Wait, we don't have one yet. <laughs> yes. No. Patreon is not a good yeah. idea. So all that being said, I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. I'm Kat. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, you got to end at the same time.